Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. All right, it's so good to be with you again today as we continue along in the Gospels. Look at some amazing teaching of Jesus known as the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 5 today. I hope you're enjoying this study as we look at these false teachings that were going around and how Jesus was uh, putting the emphasis on the truth of the meaning of, of the of the teaching. And we're in verse eight, 38 today, where Jesus says, Now you've heard that it's been, been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Of course, I think we still hear that even today. People say that and quote that verse. Well, see, underneath the judicial law, that's the way it was. You break somebody's arm deliberately, your arm, you're gonna, your arm's gonna get broken. You knock somebody in the eye deliberately, uh, your eye's gonna get knocked out. You knock out a tooth, then your tooth's gonna get knocked out. That's the judicial law that they had set up at that time, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You heard that it's been said. He says that's what they're teaching. That that was the obligation that needed to be carried out. That you've you've heard it been said. But you notice what Jesus does. But I say unto you, he tells us in verse 39, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn him the other also. So he's tying together, and of course, this is one thought, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, the things that you've been hearing. Now Jesus is saying that you should resist evil. You should resist that urge to, to strike him back. And he goes, if any man sues thee in a court of law and takes away your coat, let him have your cloak also. And whosoever should compel you to go a mile, go with him too, and give him that ye ask thee. And from him that would borrow, turn not away. And so he's given some practical information for those disciples that were gathered around him. See, the, these scriptures caused a lot of confusion because they are easy, easily misinterpreted to make them ridiculous and impractical. Jesus never, ever said anything ridiculous or impractical. And so if my interpretation is something that's ridiculous and impractical, I more than likely got the wrong interpretation. Let me say that again. If my view of the scriptures is impractical and ridiculous, it's more more likely it is something that I've heard somebody else say or else I came with some other view towards scriptures, but it certainly was not the intent of Jesus and the understanding of the word. If I'm sued at law for my coat and I give him my cloak also, or if I give, give to anyone who asks for me money, I won't have anything. If I loan out everything that I have, I'll have nothing left. This is now... That's ridiculous. And Jesus didn't say anything ridiculous. But he's, but he's seeking to point out there in my attitude towards my possessions. And so many people are very, very possessive. They don't want to help. They are bound by their possessions. They can't let anything go, uh, go of anything worthwhile. I know some people that, well, now there's a name for them. They're known as hoarders. Well, they'll save all their money. They'll have their garages packed. They're, all their closets so filled with 
clothes that they have had to go out buy more clothes and more clothes and more clothes and never ever wear their old clothes clothes more than two three times they become so possessive of the things that they own and and i think it's kind of interesting here jesus is touching on that with his disciples you know don't hold so tightly Paul the Apostle said, he said, let your every contact with this world be as light as possible. Don't be so entangled in the material things that it destroys you when you lose something. It's okay. God's God's got to bless you. And that's what we have to always do is keep our mind thinking on how we should walk you know, lightly through this world. Though we're, Jesus says, though we're in this world, we're not of it. Our, uh, we're part of the citizen of heaven, and we need to, you know, just conduct ourselves so. You know, the the business, of course, that we saw here, uh, this business, who, who whosoever compels, compels you to go a mile, go two. See, remember, Israel was underneath the Roman rule, the Roman law. And a Roman soldier who was walking down the road carrying his duffel bag could order you under Roman law to carry his bag for a mile. He would simply put a sword on your shoulder and say, pick pick it up, pick up the bag and carry it. And you, under the law, had to carry it at a mile. And that's the farther you had to carry it. You didn't have to carry it more than a mile, but under the law you were forced to carry it at least a mile. Jesus said, if they compile or compel you to go a mile, go two. Go that extra mile. What's it going to hurt you? He says, in that extra mile, maybe you have the opportunity to witness to them. Maybe Maybe the, the Romans will say something, hey, there's something different about you. He was speaking to his disciples, even as he's speaking to us. Are we willing to go that extra mile to help somebody? I think some of the most valuable things that we possess, and maybe the most valuable, is our time and our energy. If we just offer it up to people, what a difference it could be when we reach out to people in kindness. You know, maybe this soldier will be wondering, what in the world are you doing going this extra mile? How come? And often in reaching out to help someone, when they see you doing it, they, you you leave them bewildered. They don't know what the world's going on. But all of a sudden, they remember that you're a Christian. Maybe they get into a time of distress. Maybe they get in a, a time of worry in their life, and they'll remember and say, Oh, I remember my friend who helped me for that extra mile. I remember he talks to God or she talks to God, and they go to church. I'm going to give them a call because I'm going through a hard time right now. Let your light so shine that when men will see your good works, they'll glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In verse 43, again he says, And you've heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, that, well where does that say that? Or where, where can you find it? Well, it really doesn't. But you've heard that it's been said. That's what he's saying. There is in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3, instructions concerning the Moabites. The Ammonites and the Moabites shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, they shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord 
forever. And so there were your enemies, the Moabites, and you, you're to hate them. But that isn't what it says. It just said they are not to enter into the congregation of the Lord to the tenth generation. But this is what they were taught. Love your neighbors, that is, another Jew, but hate every non-Jew. And they were being taught really to hate the Gentiles, the non-Jews. You're to love the Jews. You're to, you're, you're, you're to hate the non-Jews. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. See, God is a God of love. John says that God is love in First John. But men misinterpret who God is, even this day. It's a sad thing when, when God gets misrepresented across this country from the pulpits and try to, or now from our liberal media, try to portray God as, as being non-loving. But he is. And here's Jesus correcting their false teaching on love. Tomorrow when we get together, we're going to continue talking about this. You've heard it been said of, of old, love your neighbor and hate thine enemy. As he's going to talk to us about in verses 44 through 47, what we should be doing. I would encourage you to read those over and, and be in prayer as you come across people this day that you too might look for a way that you might spread the love of Jesus, that you might be compelled to go that extra mile to care for people. And you might be surprised the impact that you'll have on their life in sharing the love of Jesus. And so until next time, this is Pastor Terry. May God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Again, that's terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel, P.O. Box 4023, Huntington Beach, California, 92647. May God richly bless you.